0: Welcome to another episode of Light This and Light That, the Glow Code podcast with your host, Nikki Page. I'm a writer, a lawyer, an inspirational influencer, a keynote speaker, and a board-certified coach. I help women bring their light to life and produce quality content that vibrates on the faith frequency. This is the podcast for believers and baddies, women who are bad because they believe, The ladies in the place with style and grace. You fly girls who are living in the light and walking by faith. This is the community for around the way girls who are unashamed of the gospel. So whether it's current events, pop culture, praise reports, or personal testimony, we address it all from the angle of the light. Episode 9 of the Glow Code podcast, light this and light that. And this is the podcast where we talk about a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but we do it all from the angle of the light. And you see a beautiful little face in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. That is our guest today, Miss Wasaba Sidabe.
1: Yes. Better known
0: as Soul Queen Woo. I'm going to let her tell you more about herself, but just in general, she is a motivational speaker. She's a singer, a songwriter. We're going to see if we can convince her to give us a little do what pop pop, a little, <laughs> oh, you know, yes, Jesus loves me, or this little light of mine. One, two, one, two microphone check coming up later. She has a beautiful voice. As you all will see, she has a beautiful smile. Her skin is all, you know, glowing oh and caramel textures. And that glow in her skin matches her personality and her vibe. Um, I was telling y'all what she is, she's a motivational speaker. And she's also got some new projects that she's working on. Um, She's a young woman. I'm really excited to see where she's going and what she's doing. She's my Soror representing 1913. all day Um, and so I'm gonna pull her up on the screen I'm gonna enlarge her so that she can give you like the full soup to nuts of everything that she wants you to know just her background and her bio and then we're gonna dig in we're gonna find out what she's glowing about as you know glow stands for gratitude love optimism and wisdom so we're gonna get in her business because we want to know what she's glowing about and then we're gonna talk about self-love what is that what does that mean so we got a whole conversation that we're going to have here, but I want you guys to welcome Miss Wasaba Sidibe, Soul Queen Wu. If you guys are watching this live, please um, say hello in the chat room. Send us a question, send us a comment so we can answer those live. If you're watching this in a replay or if you're watching this on YouTube later, you can also still leave a comment and hit the thumbs up button and let us know that you support as well. And I'm also going to, um, at some point, let you guys know where you can find her uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, and all of that good stuff. But I'm going to bring her up on the screen so she can give you her bio and tell you all about herself. All right, let's hit this button and see if this works. There we
1: go. All right. Okay, thank you so much, Nikki, for that awesome, awesome, awesome introduction. Peace, everyone. My name is Wasaba Soqueen Lucidibé, and I am a self-love enthusiast to say the least. I've committed my life to self-love, to healing, and to elevation. And I really do believe God has blessed me with so many opportunities to express that. And as it was stated before, I am a singer, a songwriter, an artist, an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, and a minister. And I'm in all of the things that I do, every single way that God desires to express Himself through me. My goal is to speak truth to the power that is already inside of all of us. It is the fact that the simple fact that we exist is what makes us worthy of love, of healing, of living into our infinite potential. Um, And so through all the things that I do, that's my my main and central goal um, to reach in every person that I interact with. And again, thank you so, so much for this opportunity to be here and speak with you today.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for being willing to come on. Because, you know, you never know. I'm out here, you know, there's platforms that have like thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of people. So when you're starting out and you're small, like my platform is right now, you never know. People are like 400 followers. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, mm -mm, I'm waiting on, you know, this person to call or that person to call. You were just like, oh, absolutely when and where. So I appreciate that. And it really, it's a glowing sentiment. And I I feel that right here. So thank you. (laughs) Oh girl, thank you. <laughs> so before we go any further because I'll get talking and we'll get into the nooks and crannies of the conversation and I'll forget to tell the people where they can find you. So I want to put your contact information up on the screen now from the beginning um just so mm-hmm. at least I know I did it and we'll do it again at the end if I don't forget. Oh. But I want to get this up here now so people know where to find you. I'm going to take myself away so that they can
1: wonderful and can we just like again give you kudos to this amazing design? Like, this is just amazeballs. I love it. Thank you. And yes, that is my information. So, if you all are interested, holla at me. Okay. I am always available.
0: Okay. So, we got to start out with just like the basics. So the glow code is all about gratitude, love, optimism and wisdom and helping and encouraging women to cultivate practice and preserve those principles in their everyday lives. So they so that they can let their light shine and, you know, carry the light into the world as we are called to do. So I want to know from you what you're glowing about, like what is it going on in your life that makes you feel the light?
1: Mm, that is such a good question. Um, So one of the things that has me glowing in my life right now is that, um, and I'm not even trying to get too deep too quick, but it is what it is. Um, I really, um, you know, as you grow on this journey with God, I, I believe you get to know different characteristics of God. So I've always understood God as a counselor, as a provider, as a sustainer, but much recently in my life, I understood God as a reconciler. Um, he rekindled the relationship that I have with my father after us having, we haven't spoken in the past six years. And um, I was talking to my dad because I was named, I'm named after his mother, and I asked him what my name meant because I didn't really know what my name meant. And he told me that my name means I am everything, I have everything, and I lack nothing. Oh, wow. Girl, when I told you that thing took me out...
0: In what language?
1: It's, so, it's Madingo. It's Madingo language. Oh, okay. And for me, I just... I From hearing my name and just looking back over my life and all of the experiences that I've had thus far, I just realized that I am the embodiment of my name. And so, every day every single day I say myself, I say it out loud, I lack nothing. I have every single thing that I need. I lack nothing. And, um, that just makes me feel so, um, empowered. And it also allows me to lean back onto God because when I'm saying that I'm just speaking it into existence, yeah. and, um, that may, it makes me feel so good, especially just in the, the state of the world that we're in right now, like the reality is, there's so many people who don't have access to the same privileges that I have right now. So rather than feeling guilty about it, I'm learning that God is granting me permission to be grateful for it and use it as a tool to serve others. So just knowing that I'm really in a space in my life where I lack nothing and I get to live into the fullness of love and life that is afforded to me right now. It, uh, it better prepares me to serve others. And that just ha- it has me growing up all up in the inside. It's just oh my a, gosh. kind of a thing that's happening inside of me. I feel so blessed. It's
0: making you. me glow just hearing about it. And yeah. I, I want you to say again, what were the three things that your name meant?
1: It means I am everything, I have everything, I lack nothing. Wow,
0: okay, so this is interesting because my, um, I guess you could say like foster sister because she used to be my mother's foster daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pregnant, and she's getting ready to have a kid and she's coming up with all these names that she's telling us. And you know, I know the people, the folks out there are gonna say this is like, um, what do they call it? Uh, respectability politics and whatnot. And some of these names, I'm like, girl, what does that mean? Like, I don't even know, like, what is that? Like, what are you doing? I mean, I get it. I know that we're a creative people and we, everybody want to be unique and have something nobody else has, but you do not need three different variations of punctuation in one person's name. Like, (laughs) I don't know why you need an apostrophe, a dash, a hype. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Exclamation points don't go in names. Like, what are you doing? And so I'm trying to tell her like you, your name should mean something. It should be something that speaks to the character of this child or your hopes and your dreams for this child or something that you want to instill in this child and them exclamation points, ain't doing it's Like, (laughs) no, what are you doing? And so to hear you say how finding out what your name meant, how it affected you Mm -hmm. and how it speaks to you on a daily basis, um, I think that it's instructive yeah. for us as a culture and you know actually I've been kind of as of late for the past couple of years studying the Bible from a Hebrew perspective of like mm-hmm. what the actual Hebrew names and words actually mean and it just opens up yeah. so much depth and like so many different colors of like oh this prophet's name means this which yeah. is kind of like was his whole life mission or this person's name is this, which is like exactly what this person came to earth to do. And so I think, you know, respectability politics aside, yeah, maybe we should, you know, maybe consider names that have a deeper meaning and not just, ain't nobody else got this name.
1: Yeah, I agree. I- there might be a
0: reason nobody else got that name, but
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree 100%. Words matter. They matter. They matter. They matter. They matter. They matter so much. So um, I agree with you 100%. People have to think critically and intentionally about the names that they're speaking over the lives of the people that are, you know, that are coming out of them. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Um, And so quickly, just um, fill in the blanks. I am grateful for?
1: I am grateful for life.
0: Okay, I love.
1: I love God.
0: <laughs> I'm optimistic
1: about. I'm optimistic about our healing.
0: Oh, oh, that's a good one. We're gonna talk. Let me see. I just <laughs> talking and forget. We're supposed to talk about healing. Let me write that down. Okay. And wisdom, your word of wisdom for other young women out there.
1: Oh so one word or like a or
0: just like a sentence, a phrase, a paragraph.
1: Um words of wisdom, I would say um your experience is valid. I could go more into depth of that, but um really I think one of the first steps to Any kind of healing work or growing work or taking steps forward that you want um, towards your purpose or coming more into who you are is respecting your process and respecting your experience. I think that we invalidate ourselves, not a think, I know. I know that we invalidate ourselves so much in our journey because it doesn't look like the ways that we um, assume that it should look. Uh, but one of the first steps to really being able to take that next step forward towards healing or whatever it is that God desires to speak through you is just validating what you've been through, validating your feelings. If you feel hurt, then you do feel hurt. If you feel upset, then you feel upset. If you feel discouraged at sometimes it's okay to just validate the fact that that was a thing. There. Like, you know, once you become aware of what you've been through, you become responsible for it. But you have to be aware, like, you know, and, and not and learn how to not judge yourself because of where you might find yourself in a particular season in your life. So I would just say your experience is valid. You know, you don't have to spend time in validating who you are, what you've been through.
0: Okay, those are all good ones. Um, so, um, kind of more along those lines, can you tell us just a little bit about your spiritual journey? Like, did you grow up in church or have you always had a relationship with God or did, are you a person who did not grow up in church and you had an experience that took you in that direction or what's your faith journey?
1: Absolutely. So it's quite interesting. I grew up with a Christian mother and a Muslim father. And, um, while I was growing up, I would go to church sometimes and I would go to the mosque sometimes. And my, I didn't necessarily grow up with my father when he was around, I would go to the mosque. Um, but I remember growing up, my father always wanted me to be a Muslim. But my mom always told me, you know, you'll know when you know, she always just said, wherever it is that God desires you to be, you will end up being there. Um, and so she just always left that open. I went away for school, as we spoke about earlier. I went to the University of Pennsylvania. And when I was 18 years old, I had my first conversation with God. And at that time, I, I didn't really um, ascribe to any faith or anything. I just knew that God was real and I knew that God was with me. I opened my mouth and started talking one day in a room where I was alone, but I knew I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm and then i remember like a couple of years later i was about 21 ish i was 21 and i just kept telling god you know i want i want a deeper connection with you like i feel this really spiritual kind of thing but i want a deeper connection and i just remember hearing read the book of matthew at that time i didn't know what the book of matthew was i didn't really i didn't care to know so i was just like why why do i need to know the book of matthew like what's the big deal and then i actually read the book of matthew and i realized it was a story about jesus (laughs) and i was like oh so that's why you heard me read that (laughs) right um and that was the year that i accepted jesus christ as my lord and savior and um, and then right after that, I went to seminary, but that's a whole other story. But um, yeah, so my spiritual journey is one that is made up of just multiple experiences. Um, I do affirm myself as a Christian, as a believer. Um, I did not grow up in the church, so there are a lot of ways that I do approach my faith that may be considered different or provocative, which I don't really know what that means sometimes, but. Um, But if there's anything that I've known is that God is absolutely with me, um, that I'm absolutely seen, heard, and loved by God. And um, there is so much power, so much power in relationship building with God and how much I have to be, or we all should be rather committed to nurturing that thing to continue to be in that relationship.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, that is, um, it's interesting you talk about, how God kind of helped mend the relationship between you and your father. I feel like this is like a story that unfortunately in our community is so prevalent of like, you know, yeah, I know who my dad is. Like I I know him, like I, but I don't know him. And so I um, I was actually reading a little earlier about, you know, that scripture where Jesus says it's gonna be some of y'all that show up like trying to get in the club. we we'll to be like, what up homie? And he'll be like, I don't really know you. Like apart mm-hmm. from me, I don't, I don't know you. And it's like, wow. And it, it, what was coming to me is like, that's kind of like how you can know someone but not know them. Like I know my dad, my dad knows me, but he doesn't know, he doesn't know me. Like right. you guys, my dad, like what's my favorite food or what's my favorite color? That's he doesn't so cool. know. And I don't know those yeah. things about him either. Um, and so I, I guess I, you know, and am working on having the type of relationship with my heavenly father that unfortunately to this point, I have not been able to have with my natural father.
1: Oh, um, that's so
0: good. Maybe that's something I need to pray on.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I think one, I mean, one of the things that I had to learn because I I began really being on the intentional journey of healing from my relationship with my father, like last year, I didn't realize how much, um, how much of a toll that it had on me. Um, because I mean, the reality is my father disassociated himself with me because of our religious differences. Mm. Um, and that was a very painful, traumatic and difficult experience that I had. Um, But one thing that I really have been able to do is nurturing this relationship with God as my father. Mm. In a very real way, there has been all these conversations that I wanted to have with my dad. Like, you know, how is a man supposed to treat me? How is a man supposed to look at me? What are boundaries that I need to set so that people don't take advantage of me? You know, like, these are just real things that I have always wanted to talk to my dad about that I couldn't. But just being able to talk to God about it and allow for God to be a standard for my life really, really did change the way that I I understood myself and I understood what I needed in a father for real. Like the reality is my father is a human being. He's a product of his experiences and the information that he has of his experiences. And um, the reality is he was not as responsible with me as he should have been that's just the fact of the matter. And I don't know how much it is that I will be able to get to know my father, but recognizing God as my father and allowing God to be that, that, not necessarily placeholder, but allowing God to be that in my life has been so liberating because at least I know in a very real way, God will not let me down. God will not make promises to me that he does not keep. God will not stop loving me because I make unfortunate decisions. God will not limit his communication with me. Like, God is just this ultimate standard. While it took a long time for me to get there, because not having a relationship with your father causes all these things.
0: Child, these things. the bad
1: Oh, uh, the people that
0: shouldn't have even been in my life, okay. girl. The,
1: the time fets. that you should not okay. have
0: spent, okay? Girl, the marriages you should not have entered. Okay. And I did say
1: plural. Yeah. No, seriously. No, seriously. Seriously. I mean, it's just such... Girl, you need to do another conversation about this because it is so good. But it is... I mean, it's just, it's just so... It's so real. Um, And I think that you eventually what happens is for me, which I think, I wish I didn't always take this, but God, I think God has always taught me to experience, but I just got tired. I got tired of expecting my father to be someone that he was not, you know? And, um, when I was fully able to submit that, that burden to God, God stepped in and showed me another, another character that he can step, step into for my life. And that's just really being like my daddy, like, you know, like my real, like my dad, like that is really my father. Um, and that definitely helped me to reconcile my relationship with my dad because I just recognize his humanity mm-hmm. and the fragility of his humanity. And I too am just as human and just as fragile as he is. So, yeah. I mean, I think it
0: interesting um, and so accurate that you said, because sometimes we forget, like, I'll get in my bag, like, oh, my God. You know, if I had a goldfish, I'd want to check on my goldfish every day. Like, I'm a whole human being, and you could go, like, a whole 18 months without talking to me. Like, who yeah. does that? Right. And start making it all about me. And then, you know, my aunt said to me one day, like, Nikki, you don't know how he grew up. Like, you don't you don't know what type of father he had or, or where he learned or didn't learn how to be, a, like, you don't know his story. And I, and I don't, because we don't even have that kind of relationship where I could even feel comfortable asking that question. So um, it, for other people who may be having similar issues or similar experience or similar story, I think um, what you're saying is important, like, okay, not excusing it, because obviously as someone who has created a human being, you biblically do have a responsibility yeah. uh, to be held accountable for, you're supposed to be a protector and a provider of, of the children that you make. Okay, yeah. right. But we're supposed to do a lot of stuff that I ain't do that I was supposed to do. So, okay. Um, however, knowing that God can literally not just be like this random, like, spirit in the sky, that he actually can be your protector, your provider in a very real way here and now, today, to be able to allow yourself to be open to that experience and to invite that presence in your life. It really, you know, now I know what a father is and what a father is supposed to do. And girl, it's like when you said there are things you wanted to be able to talk to your dad about, like, same here. But there are times where I'm like, okay, God, listen, I need answers. Like I don't understand what is going. I need you to show me. I need you to send me something. I need. A, I need to know. And that same day, I promise you provision. No you okay? <laughs> the that I wanted. Yeah. But he he comes through and he provides. I encourage everyone, men, women, but you know specifically speaking to women, to really try to cultivate, like you said, that relationship of just talking to God and not necessarily in a like doesn't have to be in a churchy, like what we conceive prayer to be kind of way. Like you can just talk to God. Like you said, you did in that room, like just talk to him. Like it's a, an intimate relationship. So I don't even know how we got here. This was not even it's on. Really I'm good. blaming you, girl. It I'm blaming so you. It's so good. And I have to say one more thing. I just, I
1: think it's just really important. I think that um, a lot of us, I oftentimes assume that God is intimidated by our vulnerability or our brokenness. Um, but the first conversation with God that I had, I aired out all my dirt. Every lie that I ever told, every horrible thing that I ever did to a person, every like it was it wasn't a sweet conversation at all. It was every single thing that I hold on to and would carry at the burden at that as a burden at that time. Mm-hmm. And I felt so safe. Oh,
0: when you just let that stuff go, when you start, to, and, and this is the thing of, of of really getting to know him because, you know, there's levels of knowing, you know, we know about the God, like, oh, God is good and God is great and he's going to bless me and, you know, I'm going to be, uh what, what's the new, Pros- prosperous and no weapon for, like, there's catchphrases that we know. And then we also know the other side of, oh, he's going to punish and there's hell and there's this and there's that. But like, when you really spend time with him, you get to know him. I think of it like my own mother. Like, there's levels. There's the part of my mother that yeah, a birthday's not going to go by where I don't have something. But at the other end of the spectrum, like, if I show out, uh, there will be consequences and repercussions. Like, there's layers to my mother. She's not one or the other. She is at the appointed time, different things. And I feel like my heavenly father is that way as well. So and I, I am so appreciative of my mother's consequences and repercussions in my upbringing because I see people that I grew up with who had no boundaries, who had no discipline, who never got mm-hmm. put on timeout, and they just live any kind of way. And it's yeah. like, I see them now and I'm like, ooh. Yeah.
1: That's
0: a hard life. Like mm-hmm. I, I take that whooping at 14, because I didn't come home till two o'clock in the morning. Girl, <laughs> what am I doing? I don't know. We're not going to say, but I'll take mm-hmm. that whooping to teach me a lesson and to keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, I feel like I got off point. It was something I was trying to say that I, God, uh, girl, I lost it. It was going to be good too. I know it was good. <laughs> I know it's going to be good. Let's talk about self love mm-hmm. now. How do you define self-love?
1: Self-love is a healing practice. And I would say that through my lived experience, I found that there are four key components to self-love. That is nurturing a relationship with God, nurturing a relationship with yourself, nurturing a relationship with your purpose, and nurturing a relationship with others.
0: Mm you know, this is very interesting. Because again, I was reading today and uh, it's one of the writers that I, I read often. His name is Oswald Chambers. You've probably heard of him. He had this, a very popular book called My Utmost for His Highest. It's a very popular book, but- I need to check it out. It's like, a, it's, a, it's a book on Christian ethics or whatever. But he was saying, Um, And it's interesting because now in, in culture, we talk a lot about reality and just like keeping it real and reality TV and being real and authentic. And he writes, you know, that there is no reality outside of the presence of or your relationship with God. So if 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 whatever you're doing is just you. That's not that's not. The most substantive realness. That's not realness. You don't even really know who you are until you know who you are in Him. So you think you're keeping it real, but if you don't have that connection to that relationship, it's it's not it's not really real. It's something else. Um, and so he he talks about how. You know, that first connection is the connection with God. And once you have that connection, then that gives you the ability to connect with other people, to have a deeper connection with yourself, and then to kind of go from there. But if you don't have that God relationship, that it ain't, it ain't, you're not really keeping it real. And I just think it's interesting how you said self-love, your your definition of it isn't just, I'm just doing what I want to do and I'm gratifying myself. And it's about me, 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 me. That the first thing that you said was it's about your relationship with, with God.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think self-love is um not a selfish thing, but a self-ful thing. And it's a matter of what you are fooling yourself with.
0: Oh okay, I, wait, 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 wait. Say it again. Now she said it's not selfish.
1: It's, it's self full.
0: Oh, I like that. I have
1: to, I have to coin my auntie Ianla because I got that from Ianla. Hey, auntie Yes, Yala. auntie. But yeah, um, yeah, I think a lot of people think that self-love is a self-indulgent kind of thing. And I, I, I personally don't think that you can have an authentic self-love practice if it is only about you and selfish tendencies. Um for me and my life what i have found god is just always the standard um and while granted you know i wouldn't invalidate anybody's self-love journey because sometimes it doesn't happen where people acknowledge god first some people acknowledge purpose first then it comes to serving others first then it comes to Um, yourself then it goes to God like for a lot of people I know so many women that are very purposeful you know they live a purposeful life but at the same time they don't love themselves right you know or they don't really have that strong connection to God Um, and the reality is that is okay wherever it is that you may find yourself but it's about taking up that responsibility to do the work so that you can get in a full alignment because I think that's when you glow the most when you are intentionally working towards that full alignment.
0: Yes, I love it. You're even like, I don't know, You people probably tell you this, like your tone and like your cadence of speech is very like, I almost feel like I'm laying on a couch somewhere with like <laughs> Oasis music playing in the background, like my ASMR going, <laughs> do you get that from people?
1: You know I used to be so insecure about my voice because I thought it was so low um but yeah i do get that sometimes
0: and i'm just like okay thanks <laughs> you know? it's it's so nice. <laughs> Thank yeah you. um i remember what i was gonna say so i'm just gonna quickly say it i don't know if it makes sense at this point since we done left the topic but what i was trying to say and then i said too much and got off track about when you really get to to know him for yourself and not just in that Sunday school kind of these are the stories kind of way, but that actual lived experience of yeah. of communing with him and giving him an opportunity to show up in your life. When you talked about confessing, you know, all the things that you have done and just like laying it out there and just getting it off your chest and freeing yourself of the burden of sin. In addition to the part of him that's just like, okay, here's blessings and this is for you, and okay, you showing out, you on timeout now, have a seat right now. You get to also experience that that forgiveness when he talks mm-hmm. about, you know, I will throw what you've done into the sea of forgetfulness. Like I don't even remember that you did that. And I think a lot of times we hold on, yes. to what we've done, and he over it. Like he's like, what are you talking? Like I don't even remember. And we're still just, you still right. exactly still on that chapter 3 like, like really catch, on, up. catch come on, up come on come <laughs> on and so i wish more people and more women could experience just the freedom that comes with like you said unburdening yourself of that heavy guilt and listen i think you know i'm of the belief that god doesn't waste anything and that guilt and shame play a purpose but really it's just like that pain that's intended to push you to him. It's not intended to just live there and you're supposed to live this life of just constant shame. It's like, okay, I did that. It was wrong. I feel bad about it. I feel that shame because I crossed the line and I did something that was wrong, but that is supposed to tell me I need to be in his presence to unburden myself, to confess what I did and keep it pushing. Yeah. And, um, Having experienced that of, you know, not no itty bitty teeny weeny little stuff I done did. I done did some... You know some felonies around here in the in the kingdom, look, okay?
1: Look, look.
0: I ain't no misdemeanor offender in the kingdom, okay? I got a rap sheet, okay? okay? Shoot, talk about it, okay? But yeah. he, you know, after I had my little moment where I was just like laying on the floor with the snot and the bubbles and the tears and he even dry, heaving, can't breathe. He's like, all right, okay, girl, call, okay, I get it. You're forgiven. Get up, dust yourself off don't do that no more mm-hmm. and keep it moving. <laughs> right. And it's like, I felt, and I feel just so like free of that, of that thing. And, and the, the crazy thing is like, when you talk, when we, we talked earlier about reality and knowing what's real and what's not. Before I had my own personal relationship with him, like I knew kind of like in a very cerebral sense, right from wrong, or like that's on the list of sins. I'm not supposed to do that, but I didn't, when I came to know him, I came to feel like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I did, like, how could I have done? Like, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know, like, oh my gosh, that was, woo, that was way out out of line for me to be doing. Um, I don't know, I'm gonna keep, cause I could keep. Yeah,
1: you're so right i think that there as we say and that's why it's so important that we nurture our a relationship with god one because sometimes we feel guilt and shame about things that not that weren't necessarily our our fault right there are so many people in the body of believers who have had very abusive Mm -hmm. and traumatic experiences yeah walk around with the guilt and the shame that they were not meant to carry, and so being able to have a space where you can also release with God um, and be free from from the kind of judgment that we oftentimes just project onto each other. So often, it allows for you to experience. It really allows for you to experience this genuine release and this genuine safety. Because as I mean, as much as I would have tried to like fight the snotty nose experience. Every time I got back up from a snotty nose experience, I felt lighter. You know, yeah. Every time I felt so, so light. And then it's like we have these really amazing euphoric experiences. And you're right. We also have to know we cannot. One, we have to try to uh, do our best to commit to not doing certain things again. But we we have to do the work so it doesn't happen again. It can't yeah. be. God bless me. Make me feel good about this thing. And then. Uh, yeah. You know, just go back to like, no, you got to be intentional now because I gave you the release that you needed. Now be intentional about the piece that I'm, I'm giving you permission to live into.
0: Right. And I think in a way that might be one of the areas where I feel like in my experience, I can't speak for everyone's like I grew up in church. I feel like that might be an area where there was kind of like a gap left there of just like the practical instruction and and how to live this walk daily, not just, okay, we come on Sunday, we sing selection A, selection B, we get the fans out, Sister Smith going to say hallelujah three times and four times on first Sunday when and we're going to sing these songs, we're going to feel good, we're going to know these 10 scriptures that everybody know by heart. And then we're just going to go back to this other life that we live and come back here on Sunday and do it again. There's like this gap missing of of what is the everyday challenging of yourself and going to him every day to I need your help and your will every single day. I need because I'm liable to
1: go. I'm not going to do anything. Let, you know what I mean? <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything, right? Yeah, that's so good. Um, this is so juicy and so good. so good.
0: I know. Thank you. All right. So I wanted to know because I watched one of your videos, girl. Okay. Now it was from it was from 2015. Now, how real can we keep it? Now it's on the internet. As real as love. Okay.
1: Real, real, real. Okay.
0: So this uh you you put up this video and you were talking about and I again I don't, know, I don't know if we're living like a parallel life or whatever but you talked about coming to the realization that like your your body is a temple and like people should not have access to your temple who don't have a right to be inside the temple and like being on this kind of celibacy journey mm-hmm. and the pros and the cons of the celibacy journey mm-hmm. so um, girl, I've been on a journey. It was hard at first. It was yeah. like, okay. But as the months and years yeah. have gone on now, it's yeah. gotten easier. It's kind of just like, oh, okay, like whatever. Um, but what, what kind of sparked your desire to kind of go on that journey? And like, what did you learn from it? How has it changed you?
1: yeah. So to be fully transparent, like one hundred percent, one hundred percent transparent. Um, when I was in undergrad, um, I had an STI. I found out that I had an STI, which is a sexually transmitted infection, which is curable. Um, and I was, I didn't know who to call because I had um, not that many part, many partners back to back. But I was with two different people, and I just didn't know who to call. Um, and that crushed my ego so much. And I remember just saying, God, why did you do this to me? Oh. And God was like, I did that to you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I'm
0: not even about um, to respond to that because that's, you know, yeah. you figure so, that out. I mean,
1: of course, it was a result of my own actions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just really growing up in a culture where we didn't talk about sex mm-hmm. and a culture where we're not talking about sex, taught about sex etiquette. You know, I think a lot of people think that just because someone is nice or trustworthy, consistent, that makes us assume that they just don't have an STI or STD. But the reality is STIs and STDs have no prejudice. Yes. They will thrive wherever they can. Um, but, yeah, so after I had that experience, I took all of my medication. I was cured. My, my um, ego was bruised. I was just like, I'm not having sex again. or oh, I'm just staying away from it. Like, that's what it was at first um, because I was just so hurt. Disappointed in myself, disappointed in my partners. Um, and then it eventually turned into what I understood as a self love journey, you know. And sometimes we enter into a thing not really knowing the benefit of its impact until later on. Um, and it really, really, really got me to this point of nurturing a relationship um, with God and myself. And it was. I've learned, I've learned so much about the journey. Um, It has, it was up at the beginning was really bad. You know, it was really bad. Like my thing was like masturbation. I did it a lot. Like I was addicted to it. Um, And I really had to pray and ask God for healing. With that, um, eventually I was able to like not do it anymore and and not feel such strong urges. And now that, like, as I can just reflect on this past year, because I was in a relationship with somebody and I did become sexually active with that person, and um, while I can genuinely say I don't necessarily feel that I regret it, um, I do know that I did feel convicted from God. You know, there are just our natural desires that we have. Um, And God having me abstain from sex was not a a source of punishment. Right. Um, it was really a source of getting me to realign myself back with God and also realign myself with the point of my existence. The thing that I said to my friend one time is that anything that you put inside of your body will impair your judgment, right? The way that you understand and perceive things, whether it is, alcohol whether it's drugs whether it's food and whether it's another person's body part you know like all of those things heavily impair the way that you perceive and understand the world that is around you so it's really important to be intentional and conscious of what you're doing now for me in my lived experience i've had enough sex to know that i can wait until i am married you know i've I've had i've had great sex i've had bad sex i've had like what, what just happened and you know, like it's just, I've had those experiences in my life. Um, and I have so much more of a stronger appreciation for my body and um, the potential really quickly. I remember one time I was talking to God about the way that I perceive myself. And for most of my life, I perceived myself up to a certain standpoint. And God was telling me that you need to think about yourself bigger. And when you read the biblical text, and specifically why I love reading the Hebrew Bible, is because you realize that everybody's life is a part of a greater narrative. Everybody's life is a part of a legacy. Right. And God was saying, you have to start thinking about yourself as a legacy and not just wassaba. You ooh, need to think ooh, about... Ooh,
0: that- oh. Okay, that's... Oh. My moments is- We need a, you gotta, okay. (laughs) You gotta start,
1: say it again, you gotta what? God said you need to start thinking about yourself as a legacy instead of just thinking about yourself as Wasaba. So he was just saying the decisions that you are making today are going to affect your children, is going to affect Your children's children is going to affect the way that I manifest myself through your children's children. So you have to be intentional about what you are doing, who who you're letting in your space, and who you are letting in your body. You are building and actively participating in a legacy. So if people desire, a man in particular, desires to be in your life, that person needs to show themselves worthy of being a part of the legacy that I have on your life. so they can't
0: take us out of here now
1: girl girl took me out but even but even in that right like it allows for me to reconstruct what i perceive as attractive and what it is that i need to be looking for right so if a man is pursuing me and he just bombards me with compliments all day like i'm i know i think highly of myself i don't need compliments i don't need that it's like because it allows me to look for what i need in a partner what i need is someone that is an asset and not a liability no liabilities out here. i need someone that recognizes the purpose that is on my life i need someone that is going to pour into me i need someone that's going to pray for me i need someone that is after god's own heart like i need someone who is fully aware of his purpose i need someone who recognizes that he himself too is a part of a greater narrative these are things that i need These are things that I deserve. These are things that I will not negotiate on. And um, allowing God to be the standard of my life and going through that journey of celibacy allows for me to think so much more clearly because sex and wanting sex will really, really tamper the way that you perceive and understand how you're supposed to navigate through this world, even the desire for sex and lust. Girl, lust
0: yeah it's dangerous
1: it is it is it is dangerous because you you say and do so many things that you just that you mean but you just mean it in the moment it is just the moment that you mean it and once it's done it's like yeah and i and so yeah it just i think like the celibacy journey has taught me so much i'm I'm so grateful for it it's not easy um not having sex doesn't mean i don't want to have it you know, not having orgasm doesn't mean I don't want to have orgasms, you know, like none of those things necessarily go away because I love God so much, but I do have a greater understanding, which allows me to stay committed. And I think for a lot of people who are on the journey, who are considering the journey, it helps to have a greater understanding. It's really important that you don't make it about making a statement to other people because other people are not going to go to sleep with you or wake up right. with you. Right. But it's really about gain a true understanding about why God has you on the journey, and center yourself on that because that will allow you to be better committed. For sure. Oh,
0: see you're you in here. You preaching and everything. You didn't have me put preacher on your on your title. Should I <laughs> should I put that in there? You got me saying uh, motivational speaker, artist, and whatnot. You you, sh- you want me to put preacher on there? Yeah, I mean, girl,
1: I've I sometimes. I mean, if God give me a
0: word, I'm a preacher. I mean, that was so good when you're talking about not just, and see, this is where I think we got messed up, right? Like, I don't think that we come from an individualistic culture. Mm-hmm. We originally come from a culture that understood legacy and, and, and I'm not separate from you and what I do can affect you and what you yeah. do affect me. But we came, we got captured, kidnapped, mm-hmm. dragged here. And American culture, Western society's very... This is me, this is mine, this is not your business. I'm doing what's for me. Bump you. This is about me. Like it's a very and it's um it's touted as a positive of being an individual and you know, staking out your claim for your personal life and what you do, you know, damn what everybody else thinks and right. how what you do might affect someone. And and I think, you know, when you talk about legacy. Yes, and our families we're legacies and our communities we're legacies but on a deeper level, I believe that we're chosen people
1: yeah
0: and in that sense, we are supposed to be part of the legacy of light. We literally are God chose us, we're we're his legacy. like we're supposed to be setting a standard in the world. We're supposed to be being the light in the world, the legacy of light that would show other people like, yo, I don't know what they doing over there. Yeah. But it looked like it's working. So we're supposed to be drawing people to the light. And so yeah. we literally are supposed to be a living legacy of the kingdom. And I think in many ways we, I don't know, we're not really, I think a lot of people don't even really know about that legacy point. Um, and I don't think we're, living up to it really. And it's weird, it's because, I don't know, I feel like whatever we do, people follow it anyways. Like, we could come up with some slang tomorrow that don't mean nothing, and the whole world by the end of the month will be saying it. We could come <laughs> up with a dance that ain't nothing. By the end of the week, people all over the world are doing it. Anything we do, people follow what we do. So imagine if we were doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Maybe they'd be following that too.
1: Yeah, and I think um, a, lot it, a lot of it really just comes down um, to nurturing a relationship with God and knowing who you are. And when you have all of these different... I mean, there's, we are just submerged in all this information. You know, I think even even within um Christianity and Westernized Christian culture, you can walk in a room of 50 different Christian people, you will have 50 different theologies. 50 yeah. Different experiences. And I mean, for me, that is beautiful because of the... It, reminds me of how big and diverse God is. But um, I think when people don't really know who they are and people are more caught up in presenting themselves as Christians than actually living into who God called us to be, that's, that's when we get confuffled. And that's when we get confused. And that's when we start to, um, you know, I think that's when we start to operate under the assumption that we're separated. You know, people Mm -hmm. don't know a God that, is in, that isn't intimidated by their vulnerability. People don't know a God that is not, um, that a God that is forgiving and gracious and kind and loving and um, safe. People have not been presented with that kind of God. So they go to what they have presumed to be safe, which is culture. And culture mm. is toxic as, it's toxic AF. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just toxic. So I think it's, um, I think, I think it's a, a long road. I believe it's a tough road, but I know that if God can do it for you and I, and I do not say this as a perfect person, I say this as <laughs> just a product of grace. Like that, I can never, it, uh, I, I, and, I, and think that, that's the thing too. I think if people were just more honest about the fact that I'm not here and I do not love God because I'm just so good.
0: It's that actually the opposite. Thing
1: from the truth. <laughs> God loves me because God is good, and out of my enormous gratitude for God, I choose to live out a life that is just in thankfulness of who God is to me and what God has done for me. Because I'm just a product of grace. That is it. I can't claim anything. I can't say I did this. I've done that. I'm so good. I'm so I am just a product of grace. That's it. That's it. That's Amen. really it. And I think another thing is my last thing.
0: It don't have to be a last think, thing.
1: I think something that's like really important because God has blessed me with an ability to share my story in different ways. And because of that, so many people have called me a light. And it's so interesting because people consider me to be a light when they listen to a story that I tell about my darkest mm.
0: moment. That reminds me of a a quote that just it's in a book I talk about all the time called Abba's Child, Mm. and you know he he says in God's army only wounded soldiers can serve. Mm. So it's like you're a wounded soldier, and that is your I guess verification to be fit to serve in God's armies because you've you've been wounded, and I mean. I don't know, that just made such an impression on me. I feel like I cut you off though. You were saying something else. No, no, that was
1: good, girl. You got to it. But feel you like know I what cu- song came to my head? I forgot, so. But you know what song came to my what? head? What? For the same, it's just a sin, no,
0: who felt. Oh, Do I pop pop? We about to get it? Go <laughs> ahead, girl. No, that <laughs> is just that one part. That's the only part of the song that I know. But, but get, got back up. And it's just like, that's like
1: the truth, you know, yeah. for so many of us at least. Um, we are a wounded healers. That's what we are. Yeah, and I exactly. don't think there's a point in walking around with this false perception of perfection because it's it's not real. Um, but yeah, I think it, if people knew that they had that permission to be, to show up in their brokenness and know that that's enough for God right. and, and know that God can work, like God could really work with our brokenness, like for real. The people in our churches probably can't, you know you and i probably can't work with everybody else's brokenness but god god can work with some brokenness okay yeah i mean so many of the healing narratives are just god just working with our brokenness mm-hmm. just-
0: and and so many of the the stories in the bible of people who had their um that turning point yeah. where where they um What's the the repentance that they had? Um, I always kind of like um, identify with the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. Like when you see that, like God just sitting down, basically just talking to her, which if you do the research and you understand that she was a Samaritan, so he shouldn't even been speaking to her in the first place. Like the rest of the community would have considered her an outcast just based on the fact that she was a Samaritan. But here you have God on earth Sitting and just talking to an outcast. And I mean, he did kind of call her out. Like, mm, yeah, okay, your husband. But it was like to bring it to her mind. And like after having that conversation with her, it, she, it says that, you know, he didn't really like chastise her so much. It was just like, okay, you I messed stand. up. You did these five different things. You had all these different men. And the one you got now ain't even really yours. We know. Mm-hmm. Go and sin no more. That's it. Just just go and do better. And I I so, you know, having been married and divorced twice, I I identify and I, I can like, oh, I know that woman. I know yeah. I know what that is. Like I've I've been at that well. I know. Um, and so it's just it's also interesting him being at the well and him being like the personification of living water and just the imagery of that whole scene going down yeah. at a well. I don't know what I was trying to say. I'm just saying so many people in the Bible have been broken, but like you said, he's not intimidated by our brokenness. And oftentimes we're not even good material to work with until we're broken, because until we're broken, we think we can do it on our own. It's not until we broke
1: yeah.
0: and can't cope no more. that We're like, oh, OK. Can, uh, Father, help me. Father,
1: help yeah. me. When we're,
0: when we're whole and we're all good. We're not checking. like we think I got this my hands on the wheel i could keep this car driving it's not until you know that wheel fall off that you're like whoa i need help here yeah. so the brokenness oftentimes is where like you know it's going to sound cheesy the breakthroughs happen it's like yeah. in those broken broken spots girl i'm you know i think you're going to have to come back cuz yeah <laughs> Because we've been going, I don't even know, none of this was on. This is all impromptu. Like, just the conversation has been, like, so good. Tell me about Self-Love Day. Is this something that you're putting together for people to come to or be a part of?
1: Yes. So, Self-Love Day is um, an event that I've been having at Lincoln University over the past six years consecutively. And um, it's a day that is created for women to be affirmed. For them to um feel safe, or for them and for them to gain practical tools for navigating, nurturing a relationship with God themselves, their purpose, and others, and um it, it's really about the practicality of self love. And so we've been doing it in Pennsylvania for this past six years, and we decided that this year we're going to actually take it on the road. So we're oh. going on a Self Love Day tour, and it's going to be in D.C in Delaware, in Philadelphia, in New Jersey, and in New York. And it's going to be happening this fall and... I'm just gonna put a quick plug in. Oh, go ahead. We're in the process of raising $10,000 and we're going to raise it. We're going to have all of the money that we need to have the conference. But we're in the process of raising $10,000 so that we can be able to fund the entirety of the conference. And I am so excited because I've partnered with so many women in these different places. And if there's anybody who is interested in being a part of the planning committee that is listening to this, you are more than welcome to reach out to me on any of the social media platforms and we can talk more about what my what I expect from the planning committee. But I, I'm excited. I have, I'm working with some bomb women to bring this to life. So I'm happy about it. Where do we send the donations? Is The like donation a- is... At GoFundMe slash Self Love Day Tour, and you can find it on my Facebook. You can find it on my Instagram link tree, and if you follow at underscore Self Love Day 2020, you'll be able to find it there as well. And I really quickly. I wanted to talk about the 30 Days of Self-Love.
0: Oh, you don't have to be quick. Go ahead. Take okay, time you need.
1: So um, I wanted to talk about the 30 Days of Self-Love Challenge, and that's going to be in promotion of the Self-Love Day Tour. And it's really going to be us tackling in some broader ways or smaller ways just the practicality of self-love and talking about the four key components of self-love and I'll be promoting that on Instagram and on Facebook so if anybody at any point wants to participate in any of those things, wants to share it wants to check it out, listen to the different snippets and activities that will have you are more than welcome and I'm so excited! Me
0: too! I'm going to send in my donation because I think Yay! that this is amazing and that you're amazing and this is something that women need I mean I feel like there are so many I mean they're broken people out there but I feel like women black women in particular have just been through a lot like with the father issues and then the bad relationship like it's just and then just the way that we're perceived or the way that we're spoken about just in media by people who should be on our side but like kind of it's a lot that comes at us and I think we need to love on each other and Mm -hmm. to also have those practical tools that you talked about to like no, listen, I know who I am. What you say? I, I'm everything I need. I'm completely yes. I'm all of that that you I'm Wasaba. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah girl, um, it's such necessary work. So thank you. Thank you. I think you'll you'll actually be the first donation. So I'm so happy
0: about it. Oh yeah. I feel like oh, I wanted to know your favorite scripture.
1: My favorite scripture is Proverbs 1821. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I like fruit. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so why is that your favorite?
1: So that was like the beginning of me. uh, I, I learned about affirmations for the first time at 21. Um, when i actually recorded that celibacy video um and it really just told me about the power of my words right i remember one day god told me if your fool if the words that you speak over yourself were a meal what would they taste like see mm-hmm. you know what i you know you <laughs> these
0: these these <laughs> We need like a Jeopardy category, quote quotables from Wasaba. <laughs> now, say that one again. Now, you're about to be all over my Instagram page with these um, quote yeah, posts, just so you, you know. I'm letting you know ahead of time. Now, if if the, if, word... if,
1: the, if the words that you spoke over yourself were a meal, what would they taste like? And, um, and I just remember me thinking that I don't think that they would taste that good because I'm not intentional about the words that I say over myself, um, and I'll, and as we know, you know our words have power. I was watching this video of a minister named Michelle Gertie, and she was just talking about like you know we are made in God's image and likeness. So that means in so many ways we have almost we have some power that God has. So when God speaks light into existence and speaks the universe into existence, as God being our parent. We possess that whole, that power too. So the words that we speak, they matter. Like this is a triple down effect. Like it's just, yeah. it just, it, it, it just permeates the environment and the place that, that we are. And for me, it allows for me to take ownness over the narrative over my life because mm-hmm. I can spend, if I want, if, i mean girl, I could just go on forever. Go,
0: go. I mean, I got time. I don't know if you got no, time, but this really was good.
1: Life it it reminds me of just the power of choice like you have you have a choice of of what narrative you are going to live into right you just have that choice if if today if today somebody says you know i've been through a lot i'm 40 years old i don't want to pursue um, my career because i've just been through a lot okay you said it you said it if you say oh you know Today, I'm going to negotiate my worth and deal with a person, um, this guy, because, you know, I love him, even though he, I know he treats me badly. Well, it's like, you said it. You said it. And it's like, if, if, if we could live more fully into the power of what we know our words have, we, I would be, I, I could speak for myself, I would be more intentional about the things that I speak over my life. So if, if I said to myself, I lack nothing, I lack nothing. Holistically on every level. I have everything that I need. If I say every day that I am a multimillionaire, if I say every day that I have a loving, healthy family, a thriving relationship with my partner, then I got it. (laughs) <laughs> okay? right. like, it's. I mean, if, if I say like I have a flourishing business or I have a story that the world deserves to hear or God has blessed me with the opportunity to serve on his behalf and I deserve to do it. I deserve to shine my light. Like if that is what if that's what I'm saying, then it is what it is. Period. 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 Nothing else. <laughs> like, it really doesn't have to be anything Amen. else. Because when we start thinking about the things that we say to ourselves subconsciously, consciously, or out loud, I think a lot of us will realize that we're not that kind to ourselves. Mm-mm. Like, we're not. And it's just like, but you have a choice. We all have a choice. I mean, there's so many things that we don't have a choice with in this world. Um, but we have a choice to say what words we're going to speak of ourselves.
0: Right. And it's like, it's weird. I've been like <clears throat> having this kind of conversation with myself about like the music that I listen to and what I'm saying out of my mouth, even if it's unconsciously, but I find the more that I'm in tune with God, it's not unconscious. Like as soon as I hear it, it's like, ew, that don't belong here. Like, <laughs> like, why would you say that? Like, ew, that's that's not okay. Like, and I can feel it's kind of like when you talk about what would it taste like. Like my my palate is changed. Like mm. there's certain things that used to taste good. That I don't I don't eat that. That's good. ew. That's mm, I don't good. eat McDonald's. Now, maybe a little Shake Shack. I could do maybe some Chipotle, (laughs) but I'm not eating a Big Mac. Like, I don't, she don't, she don't do that no more. Like, mm -mm. and so I'll hear certain music and it's like, I remember being in, like, it used to be like, oh, the beat is so good. But like, why are you saying that? Like, I can't even, mm, and so, but I feel like again, in our culture, we're speaking out and spewing out all of this
1: Mm -hmm.
0: anti- Biblical and just not positive stuff about one another, about ourselves, and I see young girls like embody, like taking it on as like a whole identity. Identity, like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but the whole hose is winning, uh, ministry
1: that's out here. Like,
0: do you really believe? Like, do you hear what you're saying? Like, I'm not, and I'm
1: not, oh, sorry, my bad. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, and I think I think the reality is people are not. I don't think people care enough to think cognitively about what they're ingesting and what they're um, allowing to align themselves with. Like I remember I did a post some time ago about these artists who are making music. Um, the reality is they don't care about your well being. They don't. They are going to make whatever they need to do to get the bag right to promote um a culture that gives them more money and honestly to just keep you entertained and I, and the, the unfortunate reality is that ignorance is bliss mm. and people love ignorance and when you listen to certain music like i'm not even i'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I don't be twerky, Oh me either. I, I don't listen to like ratchet music because there are there are times when I listen to it just I mean more for me more so is the beat, but when I listen to the music, I'm just like this is not like <laughs> it's never a thing that I can listen to for a long period of time. One, even though I think I'm mature enough to disassociate myself with the language, but at the same time I know when someone is making more music because they love the art. And when somebody's making music because they want the check, right. and the artists, like, I need to listen to music where I know people love the gift that God has put inside of them. Um, and so people are just not separating it. They're not letting it be entertaining. They're making it their life. But when you, ta- when you listen to the music that people are making, and if you wish to actually think about the practicality of it, like, if you are actually a person that only has sex with a person for money, and you're always fighting and you always feel like people are against you and you always feel like you can't trust people and you always feel like you have to lie and manipulate and finesse like that is not a healthy way to live no happy person lives i mean in Mm. reality if you feel like you have to do all these things to exist you don't live a happy life no it sounds like you have no peace. peace no peace whatsoever but people make it look glamorous and that that's the enemy a girl. He be make, lying. He loves to make these, these really un, unpleasant realities look like something. Look that's pleasant. Pleasing. You know? And, yeah. and the reality is, so many people are living their life feeling so inadequate because they're not living into this unpleasantry. It's just like, right. you're not missing out on anything. Look at how many people have been able to travel around the world and. Bless the world with their gift and end up committing suicide, girl. because of the pressure of what it means to live into these narratives that society has placed on us as pleasant, you yeah. know, and, so, and as
0: success. And you made it, yeah, yeah. Well, girl, I need okay, we got to get these last two points in. I need to hear your little doop pop pop. I want, uh, just to give me a little me, 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 me.
1: Okay, so I'll sing this little light of mine. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, ready to sing. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine.
0: Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. shine. Like, you have such a good vibe. Like, you don't even know. Like, you're just like, I want to. Squeeze your little cheeks. You're so cute. Yeah, the cutest smile. Oh, and then I need to know where you get these bracelets, girl. Oh,
1: you know, so you, so a you a fashionista too? I'll send you a link. It's um from Pinky Winks official. That's where I get most of mine from. Now. I love it, Berlin. I love these. I started wearing these with my mom, <laughs> and then uh, it just became an obsession. So,
0: <laughs> <Aww>.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Well. On that note, I think we. Oh no, I'm going to put up your um, contact information again so that people know where they can follow you. Will well, you I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Like this has been a good experience for me. Like I'm, I'm so happy that I internet stalked you. Is, is it weird when I just show up creeping your DMs? Like, hey, no, want to come on? Okay. Good. Because I'm like, people are going to think I'm a weirdo. No,
1: it's so necessary. I I mean, I can't, I, I, okay. I just feel like, um, I don't know. I won't say that you don't know this, but you inspired me so, so, so much from our first interaction all the way up into this point. One, the fact that you reached out, one that you didn't wait for someone to say, Hey, look at me, but you reached out. You're, you are so thorough like you are just like Aww. so thorough you and in, you inspire me to take my game up like just like
0: oh my gosh be
1: better and I think just to, to live um unapologetically and authentically in the light that you have and the way that you shine it and you shine it you shine it girl you shine it oh my yes. gosh oh and, my gosh that's beautiful so thank you like it's nothing to me, at least. There's nothing creepy about creepy about it. I, I didn't know that I would be so inspired, and I'm just grateful that um, I'm grateful that we connected. It means it means so much to me, me. too. And
0: we're gonna do some things in the future because once I get my little life together and I'm actually having like a live event or like a a women's retreat weekend or something like that, yes. you are definitely gonna come Absolutely. and do a self love workshop for the girls, okay? And I just want to say I'm inspired by you because. You're so young and for you to um have the insight that you do and the wisdom that you do and just like the fortitude and like the character that you have at such a young age for you to have you know picked up on a couple things quicker than some of us you know <laughs> I'm going on 42 out here and like I just got the memo about 2 years ago on a couple <laughs> things okay, so I so. yeah I'm I'm so excited for you of like all the glowing things that are coming in your future and like all the women that you're going to inspire all the lives that you are going to touch and the, the growth and the power of your ministry with women is going to be amazing. And I'm just happy that we connected because I don't think that anything happens by accident. And so there's a reason that we made this connection and it's not just for you to come on this podcast. It's something bigger. Something's in the works, you know?
1: Yes
0: yes and i'm like you're like like my little my little sister that's yeah 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 i love it yeah so before we get out of here i'm just going to um say i hope you guys i know you can't see it because i don't stream it to the whole wrong page but (laughs) when you watch this on youtube i hope that you guys were blessed i hope that you were inspired i hope that you could feel the tangible, well, not tangible, but it feels like tangible light that mm. is emanating from this young woman mm-hmm. um, and that you continue to follow her, to watch her, because I, as you can see, she is destined for great things, mm-hmm. that there is a call on her life, there's an anointing on this woman, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just excited for just everything that's coming in her future. And um, as we always say before we go, know the code, live the code, Light the world. All right. So I love you guys. Bye, bye, Thank you for for blessing us today. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Great talking with you.